This message comes from NPR sponsor Rosetta Stone, an expert in language learning for 30 years. Right now, NPR listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership to 25 different languages for 50% off. Learn more at rosettastone.com NPR. Hey, everybody. This episode of Ask Me Another originally aired in May. Hey, Ophira. Hello. Uh-oh. Hey, I'm having uh, I'm having some problems. Um, the internet's out here, so I'm just going to use the data on my phone. Okay? Oh, no. <laughs> oh, All it, right. It's not good. I just want to well, do this because we only have a bit of time. Well, so why don't I, why don't I get right to the song? Should I do okay, the song? Okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah, let's play the song. Let's do this. All right, here we go. From NPR and WNYC, coming to you from our respective homes in beautiful Brooklyn, New York, it's NPR's hour of puzzles, word games, and unstable internet connections. Ask me another. I'm Jonathan Colton. Now here's your host, Ophira Eisenberg. Thanks, Jonathan. Oh, hang on a second. My husband's at the door. Yes. Hi. I'm attempting to record with the date on my phone. Okay. I have the, the, are you getting my text? No. I only have like 15 minutes to do this. Let's go. Okay, Lucas. Okay. Sorry. That's all right. Bye. See you later, Lucas. You know, there's, in some ways, knowing that I only have 15 minutes to do this, not for nothing, but it's the only time constraint I've had in a couple months, and I really would like to (laughs) adhere to it. (laughs) Yeah. You're clinging to a time constraint. Oh, wow. There's a deadline for something? Something needs to be done? In an amount of time? I mean, there is something to the fact that people are like, oh, by the way, I apologize. I want to talk to you and, you know, catch up with you over Zoom. But I'm just going to let you know that I only have the, you know, personal free membership or whatever, which means that it's a 40 minute max. And I'm like, everything should be a 40. (laughs) Yeah, no, that's I only have 40 minutes at a time for anything, no matter what it is. Absolutely. The blessed 40 minute limit. Oh. Let's let's kill. Like let's do let's really catch up in 40 minutes. <laughs> what should happen enough. is you should be there should be a setting where your internet you set your internet to just reboot every 40 minutes. So <laughs> yeah, no matter what life. you're doing, you have an out. Yeah, because yeah, this is like why I love, you know, when you perform stand up, you have a light. Not that I love that, but also it's good for the audience because the audience knows that there is something going on where after 20 minutes or 30 minutes or whatever, this is going to end. Right. <laughs> right. There's a there's a there's a grown up uh, in control, in charge. That's right. Because otherwise you fear even as you're plowing your way through your third bowl of lucky charms. Yeah. Inside, you fear that you would just go all the way through the box if nobody stopped you. So it's nice right. to have a have a grown up in charge. Deadline. Yes. And I have noticed recently there are a lot of culture pieces being written about the culture we are in, and I do not like a lot of them. <laughs> right. You don't need to read a think piece about the thing you're thinking about all the time. Right. And some of them, I mean, I was really mad about this article, which from, I believe it was BBC, that was like, why Zoom calls and catch-ups are more exhausting. It's like, yeah, I get it. I get it. Yeah, I know. I know. (laughs) (laughs) What else is bad? I needed 2,000 words on that. Uh, You know, it's just like, this is the only thing I have. What else is bad? (laughs) At-home workout injuries that you'll never recover from, you know? (laughs) Right, right. How we are failing our children. Uh, okay, that one I got covered. I know. I already know. 
will your marriage survive anything? No. Here's 2,000 words. Clearly not. <laughs> All right, so should we, uh, should we play some games? Yeah, I think we should. We've got a wonderful show. From HBO's Insecure, we're going to check in with actor Natasha Rothwell and fresh off the premiere of their Netflix improv comedy special, Middle Ditch and Schwartz. We're going to play some games with comedians Thomas Middleditch and Ben Schwartz. But first, we're going to kick things off with Stephanie Beatrice from Brooklyn Nine-Nine and Lauren Ash from NBC Superstore. So let's go. Hello, Lauren. Hi, Hi. Stephanie. Hi. How's your week going? It's been a long everything. <laughs> that's pretty much how it's going. That's that's how it's going. Yeah, yeah. I've uh, yeah, it's going well. I I think I've managed to somehow overextend myself, which feels impossible. <laughs> that does during a panic. I, that that's, seems that's amazing, absolutely yeah. normal for you, actually. Oh, you know, this is the first week we were talking that some of us are putting on our calendar our TV watching. Mm. Yes, <laughs> like we're like tonight at eight. Mm-hmm. You know, on the Google Cal or whatever you use a cal- calendar. I'm putting everything in my calendar. And I do feel like I did commit to a few things because occasionally I wake up with this idea that I'm like, I'm going to do that. And I'm going to try this show or whatever. And then, um, yeah, at the end of the day, you're like, what am I doing? Like, I, I, I can barely do anything. Oh, I've gotten those black bananas out of the freezer like <laughs> six or seven times. They've thawed and I've put them back. It's like the banana bread will come, but who knows when. That banana yeah. bread is going to taste so amazing when you finally get to it. It does. The re- the, the thawing and refreezing, I think, is really going to add say. Let, to Let it. them go yeah. black and then thaw them and refreeze them several times. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Stephanie, are you uh, cooking? Are you doing any of the intense recipe oh. It's a balance of like how how responsible do we want to be to all the people that are making these deliveries all the time. So, you know, we oh, don't yeah. want to be self-centered and order food every chance we get, even though it, at first it seemed like, oh, is this going to last for two weeks? Let's order pizza every night, you know? Um, so we've definitely – we've gotten some farm boxes and we've tried to do stuff with them and some have been hits, some have been misses. Um yeah. Like too many turnips, that kind of thing? Well, we got a box that was like full of, we had to look it up on the internet and like try to figure out what it was. (laughs) And and there was like a, it turned out to be like watermelon radish sprouts or something. So I spent an entire episode and a half of RuPaul's Drag Race taking the little sprouts off the thing. And then Brad made a salad and it was like, just okay. And I was like, well, that's not (laughs) happening again. See, Brad will ask me what's for dinner. And I'm like, I don't know. I don't want to, I don't want to be responsible for it. So yeah. I know it's too much. Everybody I know is reading recipes. I am reading instructions on the back of a box. Okay. (laughs) So let's go to your first game. I'm going to play you a clip of a musician who famously obscures their face, and you're going to tell me who we are hearing. And if you have no idea, you can make something up. (laughs) And we're going to go back and forth. Got it. Lauren, this is for you. She's an Australian artist who often uses a large blonde wig to shield her face, and sometimes she tops it with a bow. It's Sia! Yeah! All right, Stephanie, this is for you. Okay. Because this singer's voice sounded so much like Elvis's, many conspiracy theories emerged that Elvis was still alive and releasing music under this alias in the 1980s. Well, I'm not trying. 
I will say it seemed as though he was leaning into the Elvis thing. A little bit. <laughs> yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, I'll take the multiple choice because I truly don't have a clue. So I'm going to do okay. my best guess. Okay. I'll give you the multiple choice. Was it A, Orion, B, Bill Haley and his comets, or C, Jefferson Starship? I think Bill Haley and his comets. Who is that? That sounds cool. (laughs) It does sound cool. It's incorrect. That was Orion. Oh, Orion. Yeah, his name was Orion. belt. That's the the very same. He wore a masquerade-style mask. Uh, and during oh. his time with the Sun Record label, which was also Elvis's label, he made over 11 albums. He toured with Jerry Lee Lewis and Dionne Warwick. Uh, there's a documentary about his life in uh, 2015 called Orion, the Man Who Would Be King. So he really did lean into the Elvis thing. As wow. It out. Lauren, the members of this French electronic duo appear on stage wearing helmets. Come and on! Ra- <laughs> rarely. Oh, I know, I know. Here. I know, Stephanie. <laughs> there's, there's more, there's more. Uh, and rarely give interviews. I know this is terrible, but I'm going to need the multiple choice. I'm oh, okay. Is it A, the Chemical Brothers, B, Daft Punk, or C, LCD Sound System? It's Daft Punk, B. That's right. Yes. I needed to hear it. I was, Good. because in my mind, I was like, is that, a-? no, it's not LCD Sound <laughs> System. I knew that, but that's all that was coming into my head. I'm so sorry. My husband's literally wearing his Daft Punk shirt today. And then Lauren gets that question. Great. Yeah. And that, and that <laughs> is a slap in the face. It is. Straight up. Straight up slap in the face. All right. Well, maybe some redemption will come here. Stephanie. Let's see. This electronic trio of musicians hails from Boise, Idaho, and first appeared on the scene in 2013. I need the multiple choice. Sure. Uh, Was it A, Merlin's Beard, B, Broken Wands, or C, Magic Sword? Man, I don't know. It doesn't help very much. That's hard. You got hard ones. Broken Wands sounds cool. I hope that's their name. That is a cooler name than their actual name, which is (laughs) Magic Magic Sword. Sword. Magic Sword. I mean, they sound Two of the band members perform wearing hooded cloaks and fencing masks with glowing laser lines for eyes, while the third member of the band supplies moody projections. Uh, One of the band's members, known as The Keeper, said that he came up with the idea while staying at a meditation retreat. That's where all good ideas come from. He said, Mm -hmm. he said... Day seven, it dawned on me that this is what I wanted to do. It was the one constant in my life, 80s epic soundtrack music. Wow. I love that's a very sweet, that's a very sweet story, I think. It is very sweet. And also <laughs> like darling. pure. Like, well, very this pure. is it. This is what I meant to do. I know, I know nobody <laughs> wants to hear this but me, but this is what I want to do. <laughs> they they probably will sweep the category at the Grammys because they're going to have to make that category at the yeah, Grammys right. in order to that's facilitate right. this music. Yeah. The Good nominees point. are Merlin's Beard. <laughs> Broken wands and magic sword. Oh, Merlin's beard again! They're so derivative! They're so derivative! They're so derivative! He stole her sound. They stole her sound. We were doing this four years ago. Yeah, that's right. Ah. Merlin's Merlin's beard is the Orion to Magic Swords Elvis. That's right. That's right. Oh, chef's kiss. Chef's kiss. <laughs> Beautiful. Mwah. 
Gorgeous. Actually, well, saying chef's kiss is now my new favorite thing. Since I heard chef's you do kiss it. is amazing. That's really great. Brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. So good. After the break, we're going to play another game with actors Stephanie Beatrice and Lauren Ash. And later, I'll switch to my soft focus Zoom filter for a chat with actor Natasha Rothwell from HBO's Insecure. I'm Ophira Eisenberg, and this is Ask Me Another from NPR. This message comes from Capital One, presenting sponsor of the 2024 Tiny Desk Contest. Earlier this year, unsigned musicians from around the country submitted their original songs for the 10th annual Tiny Desk Contest. The panel of judges are hard at work picking standout entries, and you can follow along and choose your favorite videos as well. The winner gets to play their very own Tiny Desk Concert, then headline a tour with NPR Music this summer. Want to come along for the ride? Visit tinydeskcontest.npr.org to learn more. Then check out the Venture X card from presenting sponsor Capital One. Earn unlimited 2X miles on everything you buy and turn everyday purchases into extraordinary trips. What's in your wallet? Terms apply. See CapitalOne.com for details. This message comes from NPR sponsor Progressive, and it's Name Your Price Tool. Say how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show coverage options within your budget. Visit Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This is Ask Me Another, NPR's Hour of Puzzles, Word Games, and Parent-Teacher Teleconferences. I'm Jonathan Colton. Here's your host, Ophira Eisenberg. Thanks, Jonathan. We're playing some games with two totally delightful people, Stephanie Beatrice from Brooklyn Nine-Nine and the upcoming film adaptation of Lin-Manuel Miranda's musical In the Heights, and Lauren Ash from Superstore and She-Ra and the Princesses of Power. All right, Stephanie, Lauren, are you ready for another game? Yes. Born ready. Born ready. Great. So this is a multiple choice quiz about how cities got their nicknames. Okay. Ooh. So we'll, we'll go back and forth. All right. Stephanie, why is New York City nicknamed the Big Apple? Oh. Is it because, A, a newspaper sports columnist used the term to refer to the city's preeminent horse racing venues? B, because all of the apple teenies the gals drank on Sex in the City? Or C, because it's got a rotten center. That's, that's A. Yes, it is A. That's right. <laughs> I was like, yeah. I was so sure. And then I was like, wait, is this a setup? Uh, am I? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, supposedly um, horse rating reporter John Fitzgerald overheard two stable hands refer to New York as the Big Apple. And he loved it. So he used it for an article for the New York Morning Telegraph. What were the names of those stable hands? That's so funny. Isn't that interesting? You know? That their names are missing. Lost to history. Call Lin-Manuel Miranda. We've got his next story. (laughs) This is the story. (laughs) This is it. Let me text him right now. Text him right now. The stable hands that came up with this. You know what? That's a good idea. Just a a retelling of the musical New York, New York. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Focused on these two stable hands. That's a good idea. Absolutely. All right, Lauren, this one's for you. I'm ready. Miami is known as Magic City because A, more magicians live there per capita than any other U.S. city. B, 
An ad campaign from a Florida developer was trying to lure northerners to the city despite its reputation for swamps and mosquitoes. Or C, because it said that if you put money into Miami real estate, it disappears like magic. (laughs) Ooh, B? Yes. According to the Miami Herald, a Florida developer hired a writer to write a positive article about Miami to lure people to the city. And uh, they think probably the writer stole the nickname Magic City from Birmingham, Alabama. Now, Birmingham, Alabama was the original Magic City? That's right, because of all the magicians who live there. Uh, No, that's that's not true. I just made that Uh, up. (laughs) Stephanie, Paris is known as the City of Lights. Why? Is it A, because of the Eiffel Tower, which is illuminated every evening? B, because it was one of the first European cities to adopt street lighting to deter crime? Or C, because berets are highly flammable and everybody smokes? (laughs) I, I think it's B. You're right. That's right. Yeah. In 1667, lanterns were replaced on main roads in Paris, and residents were asked to hang candles and oil lanterns on their windowsills at night to deter crime. Can you imagine how beautiful that must beautiful. have been. It must have I been know. so incredible. Oh my gosh. I wish I could time travel for things like that. All right, Lauren, this is the last question. It's for you. All right. Why is Milwaukee's nickname Cream City? A, for Wisconsin's dairy industry, B, for the cream-colored bricks many of the city's buildings are made out of, or C, for the creamy head of its many locally brewed beers. Ooh, I am going to say, uh, I'm going to say A. Dairy industry? Yeah. I'm sorry, that is incorrect. It is actually the color of the bricks. What? That many of the city's buildings are made out of. Wow. Where they were, wow. All these bricks were made in the 1800s from clay that was found in southeastern Wisconsin. So there's this very common color of bricks in the in the city's buildings. Well, that sounds beautiful. Well, let's take a trip to Milwaukee when this is Shall all we? over. Shall we'll re- <laughs> we? Let's do it. We'll recreate the Laverne and Shirley opening. Wasn't that Milwaukee? <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. That's right, guys. City, when this I pandemic come. is over... No matter what happens, let's promise right now that all four of us are going to go on a road trip and visit all of the cities that we've talked about in this game. If we really want to honor what happened today, we'll commit to it right now. I do want to honor it. Second pitch is that we all just get matching t-shirts that say Cream City on them and don't explain them. Okay. This We could could have this happen very quickly. I like that. Yeah, I could do it right now while we're on the phone together. What's the weirdest thing everybody's bought online since this all started? Oh gosh, so so much. Um, so many full track suits. Uh, <laughs> um, uh, a pair of. I, I'm a Blue Jays fan. I'm from uh, Toronto originally, uh, outside Toronto, and so I bought a pair of shorts that are Toronto Blue Jays shorts. Why? Oh, cool. That's cool. why. But huh. you know, what have you bought, Stephanie? Um, I think the weirdest thing was like a pair of Isotoner slippers. Like <laughs> they're not are they comfy, but they're great. I Jonathan also wear Lewis. a hard-soled slipper. I don't know about anyone else. I I, I'm wearing a hard-soled slipper right yeah. now. Yeah, I'm it's showing come you the, to that. I'm showing you the slipper that was just on my foot just a second ago. See? This is oh, the one yeah. I got. See? Right. Well, if we we're all, all slippers right here. Well, right I'm, here. Not a, I'm not in a slipper. <laughs> oh, I'm in, I'm in oh. an orthopedic. This is an orthopedic sandal that I got at a Walgreens uh, a few years wow. ago, and it's the greatest, greatest thing. Fantastic. Uh, Stephanie and Lauren, what a what a pleasure it is to hang out and play games with that you. Was so and fun. you know, so happy to know that we are all wearing slippers. Just another reason why we came together today. Of course. Because no one no one ever sees us from the waist down anymore. I mean, I don't mm-hmm. know. There could be people in your house that see you. <laughs> I'm living with my husband, of course. Well, not of course, but <laughs> <Of> <laughs> so course. different. <laughs> but we only talk through Zoom. 
Of course. <laughs> uh, of course. Different rooms. So, yes. yeah. He hasn't seen me from the waist down in years. Okay. None of this is usable. None of that's usable. None of that's usable. Sometimes you have to cross the line to remember where it is. You know what I mean? Yeah, I well, sometimes it's so funny because sometimes as you try to make things less crude with language, it makes it a thousand, a thousand times, times worse. worse. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Well, thanks again for playing some games with us, and we'll we'll see you soon. Thank you so much. This was so fun. Okay. This was fantastic. Thanks a lot, guys. Thank you for having Bye. us. Our next two contestants are on the line. You know Thomas Middleditch from HBO's Silicon Valley and Ben Schwartz from NBC's Parks and Recreation. And they start together in a series of improv comedy specials on Netflix called Middleditch and Schwartz. Thomas, Ben, welcome to Ask Me Another. Hi. We sing the Friends <laughs> totally Perfect. You know, I'm really impressed that you guys have a improv comedy special because I will say that the idea of pitching an improv show is really hard. I've even heard like, whose line is it anyway? They tape three hours or something like just a huge oh, wow. amount to bottle it down. The pitch itself was difficult. Just the idea of going to studios uh, and try to pitch, and we and we talk about the reason why you know improv could just have like a stamp in the whole world of streaming because for stand-up you have to work on material for like six months, eight months, and then you get one shot right. at doing a special, and you probably shoot two shows and take the best of those shows and make your thing. For us, every single show is its own special because there'll never be a show right. like that again. But when you go right. and you explain that, that part, the business model is very exciting. But the part of like, oh, but what's the show about? We're like, oh, we have no idea. They're like, yeah, but you got to tell us what's going to happen. Like, we honestly yeah, exactly. have no idea. And that was that was a very big hurdle. It took us a very long time to try to sell it. Right, Thomas? Yeah, it was hard not to make some kind of concession where they would be like, okay, but we'll, you know, we'll shoot an hour and a half and we'll whittle it down to like 20 minutes or like a best of yeah. or like put some kind of strange framing device on it or be like, yeah, it's you guys, and here's three other special guests each week. And it's like, no, 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 no. We've been doing this show for like 12 years. It's this show. It's yeah. like, you know, the medium that we've been doing for 20 years each. Thomas has been doing it for over 20 years because he started when he was a little baby. Uh, so it's like a baby boy. He was a baby. Uh, he was yes-ending. He was zip-zap-zopping right after he was born. Um, yeah. but I did, was... I did crazy eights in order to get out of the womb. <laughs> Look at these specific improv references. Deep but cuts, was, come on. It was a big one. It was a big one. And Netflix giving us the opportunity is like, it could not have been better because they are worldwide. It's insane that we're getting tweets today from people in different countries that we've never even been to in our lives being like, we were watching and reading the captions and it was amazing. And I was like, oh, this is incredible. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, all right. Do you guys want to, speaking of improv, do you want to play some games no. with us? Could you imagine the whole idea of improv is to yes and the first thing you ask us, we both say I'm out. no out. See ya. Peace. <laughs> Let's hey. do it. Grab your tote bag. Let's go for a <laughs> ride. Right. Uh, so we're going to start off with a music parody game called Nothing to Hide. Oh, this oh, I'm is me. I love this. This is you. Yeah, you get live music. Jonathan plays oh, songs? Yeah. yeah. Oh, heaven. I know, right? We rewrote songs about secrets to make them about things people hide. So just tell me the thing I'm singing about and or the original song's title or the artist who made it famous. Three ways to win. <laughs> oh my, or, or, or. Okay. 
<laughs> Here we go. Oh, it's just Thomas and I now. There's a book where I write down my secrets like my crush. Diary. Diary. He's so hot. You gotta wait till I'm done. <laughs> oh, sorry, you're nailing <laughs> Thank it. You. You're nailing it. Keep going. Jonathan, you're nailing it. Go, go. You're crushing His name's Scott. Diary. Got it? Yes, Diary. I stole it. Now you can say it. Diary oh, is sorry, correct. Diary. I stole it. <laughs> Thomas right. cheated, but he'll take it. Yeah, he'll take oh, it. Oh yeah, I'll take I'll take that cheating slop. Do you know the song or the artist? Uh, that was I, I Want to Be an American Idiot by Green Day. Oh, that's a good. It's a good guess. <laughs> right neighborhood. Yeah. Oh no, I was kidding. I was kidding. I don't know oh, what okay. that is. <laughs> really? That was in in my room by the Beach Boys. Oh, a little band called the Beach Boys. Yeah. Okay. I think I heard of those guys. Yeah. Jonathan, I, I apologize for interrupting your art, and I won't do it again. Oh, not at all. I went, and I wouldn't call it an art, by the way. I want to be an American idiot. <laughs> Imagine <laughs> that's the next song. <laughs> all right, here we go. Uh, Thomas, this one's for you. Great. Uh-oh. What do I do with this blemish? Was it right there on my chin? Oh no, it's bleeding This concealer's looking weird Now it's worse than it appeared I should grow a beard It's talking about, like, uh, zits and pimples? Yeah, pimple, that's right. And is that the zombies? It is not the zombies. Is that the Beatles? The Beatles. It's the it's the Beatles. It's the Beatles. That's right. Do you want to know a secret? <laughs> Do you want to know a secret? The Beatles. Tired of those guys? I'm tired no. of the Beatles. Yeah, enough already. We get it. I know it's a controversial <laughs> statement, but yeah, we we the get zombies, it. The zombies, though, more yeah. zombies. More zombies, man. That's that's the real no, ticket. More zombies, less Beatles. <laughs> <laughs> what world do we live in? That's, Is this real that's, life? That's a very kind no. Of, no, no. All right, Ben, this one is for you. Jonathan, I'm loving this. Oh, I'm glad. I'm glad. Here we go. Well, I might want some booze when I'm somewhere they don't sell it. So I keep this in my pocket. Take a sip when no one sees. At the diner, at the gym. On the street or in my office Do you think I have a problem Cause I drink from one of these Are you ready to see This is what I call a royal flush You ready? Yeah, I'm ready Billy Joel, The Stranger yeah. Yeah. Hiding alcohol in a flask Yeah, you got all three of them Well done Whoa. And you may want to hit that chorus Cause you're right there Just to get it out, Jonathan I, I know, are, I, I do I desperately do all These right. are teases Just <laughs> do it I can't believe It's making me so furious That you stop right when Like the biggest part of the song is Yeah, <laughs> I, I know Yeah By the way the Stranger, one of the best front-to-back albums of all time, right next to Still Bill, which is one of the best front-to-back albums of all time. Right on. Are you Are you at... I, I, I am also a Billy Joel fan. I have encountered mm-hmm. many Billy Joel haters, and I'm not having it anymore. The oh, man's I a love national, Billy Joel. He's a national treasure. And that particular album, if you see how many hits are on that one album, you will be blown away. It's unstoppable. It's unstoppable. Anyway, this was our podcast called Billy Joel's Unstoppable. <laughs> see us great. next week. And we talk about Elton John, and we're okay about it. <laughs> Just medium. All right, Thomas, here's one for you. 
It's my cat's name and my year of birth with ones for eyes. It's capitalized punctuation, a symbol or two. It's uncrackable, my account's unhackable. If you guess it, that's okay. I used to factor anyway. Okay, it's about having a really good password for it's your... It's about a password, that's right, yeah. Do you know the song or the artist? Hey, I know that part. It is Our Lips Are Sealed by the Go-Go's. <laughs> there you go. I know that. Okay. I've heard that song, but okay. It's okay. It's all right. Okay, That's, Ben, here's what I'm trash. Here's what, no, no, you're doing great. You're doing great. You're doing great, No, I'm Thomas. trash, and you got to throw me in the dumpster, no. and don't even recycle me. Put me in the we're dump. Gonna, we're not going to do it. <laughs> throw me in the dump. All right, Ben, here's one for you. When I'm at work and I want a treat Keep your baby carrots, I want something sweet My weight loss plan, I will just ignore Reach it to the bag in my right desk drawer Talking in my sleep. Yeah, I know this yeah, one. Talking in your sleep by uh, 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 talking in my sleep by Notorious B.I.G. <laughs> and the uh, and the um, it's about eating snacks when you should be on a diet. It seems. Yeah, like. exactly. We're looking for candy, but I will I will absolutely take snacks. Hey, what is what is who's saying talking talking in who who's that saying was the that? romantics. Oh yeah. Hey, side question: Is anyone here having like crazy vivid dreams? recently yes i've been having terrible dreams and also weird like waking up and remembering everything and then it going away yeah i'm just having weird ones where i'm beside someone and i think oh aren't we supposed to be far apart that's really really, (laughs) just anxiety dreams dreams about being too close to a person yes i'm in a dream just doing whatever but i'm around a lot of people and i'm going like why are we doing this we're not supposed to be doing this i've had that same thing it's a dream that's like a totally normal dream and then my brain in the dream realizes we're too close Oh, bummer. I'm just having like greatest hits dreams. You know, I'm doing classic uh, flying dreams. I'm doing dreams where I'm super strong. I'm getting a million super gratifying like intimacy dreams. It's just like, it's pretty crazy. It's just, yeah, it sucks you guys are having such a tough time, but I'm literally like, it's a highlight nailing it. You're nailing the quarantine. You're yeah. nailing isolation. More like quarantine dream. All right, next question. <laughs> All right, Thomas, this is the last question. It's for you. They've got a map to follow Pirates go on a trek To an X Um, they're pirates on a treasure hunt Yes, treasure And I don't know It's not the Foo Fighters I have no idea. It is not the Foo Fighters. It is Queens of the Stone Age. That's no one knows. Oh, yeah, of course. Feels like a great Guitar Hero song. Yeah, yeah, you're clicking the buttons on that one. You could probably (laughs) play that on medium. And then there's the hard parts, and you got to go. Yeah, give it to your youngest brother. We did keep score. Do you guys want to know, or do you want to just know that you did great? I feel like we did great. Uh, No, let's... Let's know. I, I want to know. Ben... <laughs> I like that you're just out of screen. You're just no, out Thomas, of Thomas. We did lying great. Down. We don't have to look. We, lo- we love it. Ben, come have your day in the sun.
Coming up, we'll see how Thomas Middleditch and Ben Schwartz fare when we turn from competition to cooperation with a game of fact bag. And Natasha Rothwell joins us from HBO's Insecure. And we'll check in with you about the weird things you've been eating while in quarantine. I'm Ophira Eisenberg, and this is Ask Me Another from NPR. This message comes from NPR sponsor, BetterHelp. When you keep your stress bottled up, it can eat away at you. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to make them better. Try BetterHelp Online Therapy, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp at betterhelp.com NPR today to get 10% off your first month. This message comes from NPR sponsor, Viore. Jump into a new perspective on performance apparel. Viore makes products that stand the test of time and hope to inspire others to live vibrant, healthy lives. Empowering your best life in clothing that can be worn for just about any activity from running to yoga. Visit viore.com slash NPR to receive 20% off your first purchase and enjoy free shipping on any U.S. orders over $75. Discover the versatility of Viore clothing. Support for NPR and the following message come from Jarl and Pamela Moan, thanking the people who make public radio great every day and also those who listen. This is NPR's Ask Me Another. I'm Jonathan Colton. Here's your host, Ophira Eisenberg. Thanks, Jonathan. We're playing games with the stars of the new Netflix improvised comedy special, Middleditch and Schwartz, Thomas Middleditch and Ben Schwartz. Okay, are you ready for a game where all four of us get to work together? Wait, all four of us get to play? That's amazing. All of us get to play. It's an all play. Oh, I love a game. It's an all this play. is an all play. And this is an AP. Hashtag all play. It's an AP. Hashtag yeah. all play. This is a hashtag AP. Okay. <laughs> this game is usually called Fact Bag, but nobody's allowed to touch the bag anymore. So it's called Fact Google Doc. I have some random trivia questions. None of us know the answers, but we're all going to talk it out and try to figure them out together. Okay. Okay. So here's the first one. In 1967, the first ever Super Bowl halftime show prominently featured a demonstration of what futuristic device? In 1967. Not a robot, probably. Uh, oh, but it, but yeah. it, couldn't it be a computer? I'm a computer. A computer? Well, yeah, right? Like Or like a laser? Or how about a, a Casio? Was it the first? Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. A big yeah, halftime yeah. show, and this tiny little keyboard gets Casio, yeah. a Casio DL tone. <laughs> they put on like a, the, one of those like demo beats, like Salsa One, and like. That's amazing. Marvin well, Gaye comes I, I, out there and sings a beautiful song <laughs> off a. Of... <laughs> um. I mean, what goes into a halftime show? Music, so I'm thinking like something... Smoke machine, music, wireless microphones? Oh, yeah. No, probably not. <laughs> I still like lasers. Lasers? Let's okay, lasers, lasers fine. Okay, lasers. Let's see. <laughs> Can a, I get... What a stupid lasers. answer. <laughs> what? A jetpack. A jetpack. Oh! Uh, yeah, they were technically called rocket belts. Two representatives from Bell Aerosystems held a live jetpack demo wow. for the first Super Bowl's 50 million home viewers. It could only carry enough fuel to lift someone for less than half a minute. So you really couldn't go anywhere. There's very little surviving video of the first Super Bowl halftime show. They had jetpacks. 
but not great recording equipment. <laughs> it turns out. <laughs> no, the footage. <laughs> yeah, but the jetpacks made a reappearance at the 1984 Summer Olympics and at the Super Bowl at, at Super Bowl 19 in 85. Oh. Okay, how about this? Computer scientists created their own unit of measurement to measure the speed and detection of a computer mouse. What is that measurement called? Oh, uh, I know this one. It's 15 crumbles. C-R-A-M-B-L-E-S. <laughs> no, no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Uh, I know droppings. Well, it, How about yeah, droppings? If it's, mi- if it's mice, it's breadcrumbs. breadcrumbs or, yeah, or, or <laughs> droppings. Yeah, mice, yeah no. Droppings. Mice Jerry's. Or no, which one's the cat? Tom and Jerry? Tom Who's the is cat? the cat. The Jerry's, Jerry's the, and Jerry's the Jerry's. Oh, yeah, Jerry's. Jerry's. I like that Mickey's, one. Jerry's. Oh, I just had an idea. I think it's a good one. Whiskers. Oh, oh, that's good. Right? That's good. Yeah. Because a mouse has whiskers. Okay, I'm going to... I Droppings is what I think they wanted to call it, but I'm going to go with Crumbles. Official, oh, official so answer with whiskers. is Crumbles. Hey, okay, thank whiskers. you everybody for believing wow. in me and my Crumbles, the, the first, a word that I absolutely made by up. By the way, the first one should have been lasers too, but... Uh, oh. <laughs> that's right. Flicks. 20, 20 flicks. All right, producer Travis Larchuk, what is the answer? <laughs> da, 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 da. Oh, you know what? You sa- I think you said it, Ben. A Mickey. A Mickey. Mickey? Yes. Yeah. Is that true? Someone did say Mickey. I said Mickey, but I, I didn't think it was a good idea, so I didn't say it again. <laughs> the, right. A Mickey Mouse goes back to a 1980s Microsoft Mouse driver manuals. Remember when you got a manual? Yes. How oh. to use a mouse. And a Mickey is one two hundredth of an inch. That's, so that's about five whiskers. Five whiskers. One Mickey's about five whiskers. <laughs> five whiskers. <laughs> yeah. Okay, that makes exactly. sense. That adds up. All right, you guys did great. That was fact Google Doc. We, we learned terrible. a yeah, lot. We didn't do very well at all. Terrible. We had some good ideas. Well, but. in quarantine, all you have is good ideas. Thank you guys so much for joining us. <laughs> Thank you so much for having us. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. You can catch Thomas and Ben in their new Netflix special, Middle Ditch and Schwartz. It's time to welcome our special guest. She writes and acts in the HBO series Insecure, a show that follows four friends navigating the tricky professional and personal terrain of Los Angeles. Please welcome Natasha Rothwell. Hello. Hello. Thanks for having me. Hi. How are you doing? I'm doing all right. I'm doing all right. I think it's just, you know, every day is figuring out how to be, but... Yeah. I mean that. <laughs> you know, I'm, I feel all right today. <laughs> so I don't know how many people you are sharing your quarantine experience with in your house. Um, it is with me and my dog, Lloyd Dobler. So he and I <laughs> are just talk about saying anything. He won't speak back to me, but uh, yeah, it's just him and I holding down the fort. First of all, your dog is adorable. Your dog oh, no. walked into her. Oh, no. <laughs> Oh. <laughs> we we allow dogs on the show. It's yeah, fine. we're totally yeah. Dogs, the dog is totally I, welcome to play. I didn't all the know games. he was in frame, and I was like, I was ignoring him hard. So, <laughs> so <laughs> he noticed. He noticed. And weren't you a photographer for J.C. Penny at some point? I felt very like I took it very very seriously. Um, we had different backdrops. Soft focus was my big like push. I really loved the way it like <laughs> push the soft focus. And pu- I pushed the soft focus. <laughs> um, had an amazing time. I was really good at um, 
like getting kids to not cry. So I was just like, let me put on this football helmet and act like a monkey and you're going to love this. <laughs> but you're going to love it more in soft focus, I guarantee. <laughs> Maybe a little double exposure action. Oh, yeah. We that get was the... always, I always loved the double exposure. Oh my gosh, this this Greek column, put your elbows on it. Yeah, Put your you know, on this Greek just like column. at home, so <laughs> yeah. I'd, I'd ha- just like you're hanging out natural. at home by your Greek column. Yeah, by this Greek just... column, just natural, natural. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so right now, you write, produce, and act in the HBO series Insecure. So you were you were initially hired as a writer. Yes, that's right. That's right. I moved to LA to write the show, and then you were offered the part of Kelly by Issa Rae, and Issa plays the main character on the show. And Kelly is the wild one in the friend group. Yeah, yeah. It was about three episodes into writing the season, season one. Uh, we had developed, you know, Issa's world and felt like, you know, she needed, you know, a friendship group that was sort of diverse. And Kelly appeared on the page. And uh, a part of our process as writers, we do internal table reads. So we'll write a script and we'll read it as writers in the room just to hear it out loud. And Issa kept having me read Kelly. And they all knew I was an actor and did both things. Um, but I had no ambitions to be on the show because it was my first sort of script scripted television show that wasn't sketch. And uh, Princess and Issa one day called me into their office and I was just like, I am in trouble. I've done something terrible. (laughs) Just I'm such a good goody. And I was just like, definitely principal office syndrome. And so that's uh, when they asked me to play Kelly. Okay, so I think I'm right in saying you moved to New York in 2010 to pursue comedy. And right before that, you did a year in Japan teaching and performing at the Tokyo Comedy Store. I did. I did. It was really cool to do because it, for me, sharpened my uh, my ability to tell a joke that wasn't very niche because I'd, co- I'd come there from DC. Mm. And so the comedy I was doing was just like, you know, about summer associates and like, <laughs> and like you know, what's going on the hill and, you know, the, the things that would like really be hilarious in DC didn't work in Tokyo. And so it made me think about, you know, what are some of the universal truths that we could subvert and make funny that are hilarious to anyone uh, because it's recognizable. And so it really allowed me to open up my comedy with a worldview that I wouldn't have been able to otherwise. That's so great. Yeah. And before you worked on Insecure, you wrote for Saturday Night Live in 2014. So what was that experience like for you? Um, It was wild. I mean, I auditioned to be on the show and uh, didn't get it and, you know, grieved that, thought it was done, moving on. And I got a call and my manager's just like, you know, your audition was one of the best ones that they'd seen and they would like to interview you to write for the show. And it was (laughs) the only thing I can, you know, related to. It's just like, you know, being broken up with from your crush and then getting a call being like, he wants to go on a date. (laughs) It's like, (laughs) I this could end miserably, but I'm going to do it. So um, I'm so glad that I did. Mm -hmm. All right, Natasha, we have a great game for you. Would (gasps) you like an Ask Me Another Challenge? Yes, please. Okay, so you told us you love HDTV. I am guilty as charged, yes. That's the network with House Hunters, Love It or List It, a bunch of other home renovation shows that that I see on TV at uh, my doctor's office. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) 
So your game is called Renovation or Fabrication. Okay. <laughs> uh, it's very easy. We're going to give you a description of a show that may or may not have aired on HDTV or its spinoff network, DIY. You're just going to tell us if it's a real show or if it's something that we made up. Okay. Yeah. That's All right. It. So here's your first one. Unspouse My House. Interior designers show newly single clients how a home remodel can be the best therapy for heartache. Homes aren't the only thing getting a makeover. Hearts get renovated as well. <laughs> um, this is a real show. <laughs> sure is. Sure is. And I'm mortified. <laughs> uh, you've seen I, it. I've seen it. <laughs> <laughs> How, how is it? It is actually really good because it's surprising how emotional people are to their stuff. It's like really kind of therapy to watch these people give up things they were holding on to literally. So guilty as start. <laughs> All right. Here's, a, here's, a, here's another one, Natasha. For better or curse, married couples spend a weekend renovating haunted houses. If they can make it through the weekend, the house is theirs. Real or fake? I want it to be real, but I think it's fake you are right it's totally oh, fake that would be cool that would be cool <laughs> it's not a bad idea for a show no yeah. not at all okay how about this a very brady renovation cast members who played the six brady bunch kids transformed the house used in exterior shots of the classic sitcom the goal is to make the inside look like it did on the show Okay, here's why I watched it. I need. <laughs> oh, man. I, ju I just have to get into it. So I grew up watching the Brady Bunch and I love mid century modern architecture. And then here I am, like episode three, crying over the remake of, you know, Greg's bedroom. I'm just like. <laughs> and who lived? Does somebody live in the house? Do you see the owner of the house on the show? They talk about, I mean, in the, in the first episode, uh, they talk about who owned it and was putting up putting it up for sale and mm -hmm. the development team at uh, HTV found out it was on sale and bought it. And so it's oh, just, I see. they just sort of like decided, oh, that's a show. And I'm wondering, right. I'm like, can they buy the Good Times house? Like, can they buy? Right. Like, I know. It seems like they could do a whole bunch. Keep yeah. this model going. Keep it going. All right. Here's another one. You live in what? A ferry, <laughs> a train depot, an ice cream factory with imagination, tenacity, and a few bucks. People have turned the most unlikely places into personal palaces real or fake <laughs> that that sounds so that sounds so fake <laughs> that that's a that's but it sounds familiar <laughs> <laughs> they all start to sound a little familiar after I know, a while they all sound familiar i'm gonna say fake i'm gonna say fake i'm sorry that's actually a real show Mm -hmm. What? It ran for five seasons. Other unexpected living places included an ink factory, <laughs> a clock tower, and a distillery. Wow. Ink you factory is the worst, what? I think. Ink factory. Yeah, that ink sounds... Ink factory. Yeah. Can't get that out. No. <laughs> Just scrubbing and scrubbing and scrubbing. It's a lot of that. Yeah. All right. How about the Vanilla Ice Project? <laughs> Pop icon and knockout home renovator has started flipping homes. Will his champagne taste end up costing him a profit, or can he and his crew flip this tacky mess and still come up on top? Is that real? If that's real, I'm going to watch it today. Is that real? It's your lucky day. What? Apparently, Vanilla Ice was already in the real estate game for about two decades before the show premiered. 
Wow. That's nice, nice baby. I'm into <laughs> it. Island hunters. It's like house hunters, except instead of touring three homes and choosing one to buy, the extremely wealthy couple tours three private islands and chooses which one to buy. Here's why I watched it. <laughs> <laughs> Man, you, you have watched them all. It's amazing. It is uh, one of those things where I have it on while I'm cooking. And sure enough, they go island hopping and are just mm-hmm. like, yeah, this is great. This will do. It's- what, what are some of the complaints they make about the islands that they don't choose? I'm curious. Well, there's some where it's like the couple is like rich slash developers. So they're just like, you know, this is just, you know, hard to get to. I'm like, it's an island. What do you like? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's built into the thing. Um, and then, but can we entertain? Can we entertain? Yeah. We love to entertain, so we need a big entertainment. We space. need a big entertaining space. So yeah, it being too remote or too hard to clear, and then sometimes when it's like an actual like the just ridiculous, just like well, we wanted to do paddle boarding, but the channel's too narrow. <laughs> 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 I don't know what life is this, but it's fun to watch. You did amazing. <laughs> thank you. Uh, you got all the points. You get all of the all Yay! the points. <laughs> so thank you so much for joining us. And you can catch Natasha in season four of HBO's Insecure right now. I have been watching it. And let me tell you, it is a breath of fresh air, especially right now. Thank so you. thank you so much. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me, guys. Thanks, Natasha. That's our show, but before we go, we asked you to call into the Ask Me Another hotline and tell us, what's the weirdest thing you've eaten while in quarantine? And here's what you said. Debbie Slack, I live in Kutchog, out on the North Fork of Long Island. Eric Whateley from the Bronx. Jay Eldred calling from New Bern, North Carolina. Michael McConnell from East Windsor, Connecticut. Sandra Scree, I'm calling from Glenrose, Texas. Toby Young from Dallas, Texas. Hey, this is Ben Martin from Wallingford, Connecticut. The weirdest thing I've been eating is all the old salad dressings that are in the door of my fridge. I actually cooked a pound of bacon and ate the whole thing. A Flamin' Hot Cheetos omelet. A rhubarb and bacon omelet. Doritos and peanut butter. Onion syrup with some garlic and honey and sugar. A carton of eggnog still in the refrigerator from November of 2019. We've been enjoying it for the last week. Stay healthy. Bye-bye. So this week, we'd like to hear from our listeners who are parents. If you're practicing remote learning with your kids, (laughs) what have you learned accidentally as a result? I learned that my child's hand is five and a half inches long. I needed to know that. So call the Ask Me Another hotline at 848-999-4932. That's 8 it xxxi web and don't forget to follow us on twitter facebook and instagram ask me another's house musician is jonathan colton hey my name anagrams to thou jolt a cannon our puzzles were written by kara weinberger with additional material by ashley brooke roberts kate villa and emily winter ask me another is produced by travis larchuk kiara powell nancy Seichow, james sparber ramel wood and our intern nick garrison our senior supervising producer is rachel neal and our boss's bosses are steve nelson and anya grunman Thanks to our production partner, WNYC. I'm Harriet Begonias. Ophira Eisenberg. And this was Ask Me Another from NPR. Hey, 
Hey, happy to hear you're still listening. And since you're still here, why not pop over to Apple Podcasts and write us a review? We love to hear from you, and it helps others find out about our show. For additional information about new episodes, upcoming live shows, road shows, and bonus games, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Thanks. Next time on Ask Me Another, from the new film, The Boys in the Band, actor Zachary Quinto. Then friend of the show and voice of Welcome to Night Vale, Cecil Baldwin faces off against a former contestant. Also from the NBC series Sunnyside, actor Kieran Deal goes head-to-head with podcast host Baratunde Thurston. So join me on NPR's Ask Me Another, the answer to life's funnier questions. This message comes from NPR sponsor E-Trade from Morgan Stanley. Take control of your financial future with E-Trade. No matter what kind of investor you are, their tools and resources can help you be ready for what's next. Now when you open an account, you can get up to $1,000 with a qualifying deposit. Terms apply. Learn more at eTrade.com slash NPR. Investing involves risks. Morgan Stanley Smith Barney LLC. Member SIPC. E-Trade is a business of Morgan Stanley. This message comes from NPR sponsor Rosetta Stone, an expert in language learning for 30 years. Right now, NPR listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership to 25 different languages for 50% off. Learn more at rosettastone.com NPR. It's a high-stakes election year, so it's not enough to just follow along. You need to understand what's happening so you are fully informed come November. Every weekday on the NPR Politics Podcast, our political reporters break down important stories and backstories from the campaign trail so you understand why it matters to you. Listen to the NPR Politics Podcast wherever you get your podcasts.